listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Good morning, Madeline Palmer filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 2nd of September. The federal government has promised to overhaul the Fair Work Act for better protections for Aussie workers ahead of day two of the National Jobs and Skills Summit. Politicians, unions and industry leaders will come together again today at Parliament House in the nation's capital in a bid to address the country's stagnant wages and staff shortages. Treasurer Jim Chalmers has told the ABC it's time for frank discussions. The alternative is to prolong this decade of division, which has weakened our economy and made our people poorer. And the way that Anthony Albanese sees this, the way his government sees it, and I think the way the Australian community see it, is let's see what we can achieve together. This flight attendant Lisa telling us she'd like things to change so workers can argue for better pay and conditions after having a bad experience herself. There's no ability to bargain during negotiations, which is what happened to us because we didn't accept an inferior EBA and then our employer threatened to terminate our award, which is completely legal, but that would have meant that we would have been pushed onto the modern award, which is 36 cents more than a fast food worker. While manufacturing worker David says there's a lot of talk about how important his sector was during the pandemic, but the lack of pay increases doesn't tell the same story. They say that manufacturing is important, but unfortunately they don't do much to support it. You know, we've lost the whole car industry, you know, many other big industries like that. You know, I'm aware of three large businesses in my industry, in my, in my city that have disappeared over the last, you know, last few years. Meantime, the rail, tram and bus union boss confronted the New South Wales Premier on day one of the summit in Canberra yesterday over the ongoing industrial action, claiming it wasn't received too well. Dominic Perrottet has given the unions 24 hours to call off further strikes before he tears up a $1 billion offer to improve the safety of a new fleet of trains. Meantime, the Melbourne City Council is looking to campaign for the date of Australia Day to be changed at a national level. It's released a new survey this week of residents and businesses in the Melbourne CBD, saying the majority support moving the celebrations. James Lake in Melbourne says Lord Mayor Sally Capp is expected to write to state and federal governments on the issue. Well, that's the plan, Maddie, but it seems the council wants to have its cake and eat its too. Now, it wants to lobby for the date of Australia Day to be shifted to another day. However, also still keep January 26 as a public holiday to host citizenship ceremonies and other Indigenous events. Opponents say council should just focus on its filthy city and the traders struggling due to pandemic lockdowns. The council's survey released this week also contradicts another poll from January this year by the Institute of Public Affairs. It actually found 65% of people want Australia Day to stay where it is. Chris Dawson's lawyer has revealed how the convicted murderer reacted after hearing he'd been found guilty of murdering his wife Lynette 40 years ago. The former Sydney schoolteacher did not apply for bail yesterday, but his sentencing date was set for November 11. Defence lawyer Greg Walsh has told Channel 9 his client should be provided some protections in jail. Well, anybody who's been convicted of a major crime like murder, together with the profile that this case has had, clearly faces uh, the risk of serious attack in custody. 
and a long-awaited investigation into sexism and discrimination in Australia's music industry has revealed half of those in the sector have experienced some form of sexual harassment. The 78-page Raising Their Voices report has made 17 recommendations, including setting up a cultural reform council. Aussie musician Jaguar Jones' allegations helped start the conversation and she's told Channel 10 she hopes it'll create lasting change. Today it feels like I'm not alone in the journey anymore. It's not a singular voice, it's 1,600 voices and the collective strength of all the survivors and people who participated in this review has allowed people to feel like they're being listened to. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. House prices are back in the news with almost every capital city suffering falls and one prominent economist tipping a lot more to come. Madeline, good morning. Yeah, unfortunately not great news for home owners. They probably some interesting news, maybe even some good news for potential home buyers. During the month of August, just finished, by the way, so some really, really current data, which is always nice. Turns out every capital city in Australia, except Darwin, went backwards last month. And some by a reasonable margin. Sydney prices fell by 2.6%. Now, it's only one month, but... That does mean, by the way, for example, in Sydney, house prices are now backwards over the last 12 months. Still strong in Adelaide and a couple of other cities as well. Canberra up about 12%. So a very wide range of house price outcomes. But overall, and certainly most recently, it looks like house prices are falling. And then as you say, Shane Oliver, the chief economist at AMP, predicting falls up to 15 to 20% as the RBA continues to increase interest rates. Wow, it's not good for homeowners like myself. Correct. (laughs) Look, rates are having an impact on lending too Mm. with the value of new loans diving. Tell us a bit about this. Yeah, this is kind of the same story, but in a very, very different set of numbers. And it really does underpin, I think, there is a significant change happening across the housing market. So if you look at the value of loans being written, now this is back to July, so the, this data is a little bit older, but the same kind of trend occurring. Total home loans written fell by 8%. It was down 7% for people in owner-occupied houses and more than 11% for investors. So it's just a couple of things. Firstly, prices are continuing to fall. That's one part of home loan reductions. Of course, if you've got to pay less for a house, or you can pay less for a house, you borrow less money. But also potentially too, there are fewer new loans being written, maybe because there are fewer people buying those homes. And both of those combined independently, but together, also suggest there is going to be some significant pressure when it comes to house prices over the next few months as buyers move out of the market and as prices continue to fall. Mm, Certainly. And look, Scott, we do know it's the second day of the Jobs and Skills Summit today. There Mm. doesn't seem to be a huge amount of progress, but more TAFE places and industry-wide bargaining seem to be a bit more likely. Yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot out of this yet. That's probably not unreasonable. Often it's the end of the second day when the final deals get done. A whole lot of political and other pressure to try and get something out of this. It doesn't seem like an entire talk fest. But there were a couple of moves, as you say, yesterday. Um, Some TAFE places being, some free TAFE places, by the way, being brought forward by state and federal governments. That's going to mean, on the skills component at least, more people able to access training and free training for some of the jobs that we are short of workers for. So that's a positive. And then the real question, the the one that's hanging over this one, is the balance between unions and employers when it comes to bargaining. Now, there seems like it might be a return to industry-wide bargaining. Uh, We can call that strikes, we can call it negotiations, call it what you will, depending on your political preference and your ideological preference. But at the moment, it looks like there will be a return, particularly for small and medium businesses, 
to those industry-wide, so right across the entire sector, when it comes to wage and condition setting. Certainly. Well, thanks so much for that, Scott. Thanks, Madeline. Time for sport now with Josh Conway. And Josh, good morning. The AFL finals got off to a thrilling start last night. They sure did, Maddie. And good morning to you. Brisbane knocking out Richmond of finals action in an epic sold-out elimination at the Gabba, winning by just two points. A goal from Lions forward Joe Danaher handed Brisbane the lead and eventual victory in a clash that saw 17 lead changes. Brownlow medalist Lockie Neal starred and at left coach Chris Fagan, happy man post-match. We want to win more finals. We're not going to get carried away with ourselves tonight and give ourselves a pat on the back. But if ever there was a way to win a final and you wanted to show that you were made of the right stuff, I think tonight we showed that. Like any good final though, Maddie, it wasn't without controversy. A late Tom Lynch goal that would have handed Richmond a nine-point lead was overturned by the AFL's review system, despite replays appearing inconclusive. And Tigers coach Damien Harvick believes it's time to change. I just feel the technology's not good enough. It hasn't been for a long period of time. I think we've put a lot of money into it and we've got goal umpires. Pick which way you want to go. Tonight, Melbourne and Sydney play off for a spot in the prelim at the first MCG final since 2019. To NRL, the double chance is Parramatta's, as is fourth spot after they saw off a late Melbourne surge to run out 22-14 to 14 winners overnight. The victory setting up a huge Western Sydney showdown with Penrith in week one of finals next weekend, while the Storm will have to win the Premiership the hard way, facing the Raiders next week. Eels coach Brad Arthur says the real work starts now. You know, the, the series part of it starts now. Um, we know what's ahead of us um, next Friday. We're looking forward to another fantastic opportunity for us. Much like the opposite code, the game wasn't without controversy. Storm enforcer Nelson Asofa Solomano was reported for a late tackle on Mitch Moses, but Craig Bellamy believes his man is being unfairly targeted after a crackdown this week from the NRL on repeat offenders with the match review committee, which Solomana certainly is. And finally, Maddie, to tennis, Serena Williams's farewell stretches on. She is through to the third round of the US Open. Big weekend of sport ahead. Thanks, Josh. And NASA's effort to get people back to the moon as early as 2025 will continue this weekend. Artemis 1, an unmanned rocket, will attempt to lift off from Florida in hopes of getting a capsule into the moon's orbit. Astrophysicist Brad Tucker says the mission is vital ahead of a manned flight in the near future. Can we use this rocket to get to the moon? The capsule, which will be able to carry more people and cargo, can it get there? Can it stay in space longer? It's going to be doing month to three-month missions in the future, much different than the week or two-week missions the Apollo program did. The mission is scheduled for Sunday morning, our time. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. And you can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Madeline Palmer. Thanks for your company. Stay safe and have a great weekend. Listener.